Alright, and we're off. Let me start by apologizing. I heard the ale from yesterday, and wow, distortion is so bad, you couldn't even hear me near the end. I mean, told an anecdote made absolutely no sense, not even to me, and I was the one who said it. Hey, look, got a little puppy. Come on, Mr. Jasper. Mr. Jasper's coming with me today. Uh, we are now going around Pretty Puppy. And, uh, let's see. So, yes, once again, um, the distortion yesterday was just awful. Um, I've done what I can to improve on that. Um, honestly, I spent nearly an hour yesterday going over different uh, possible solutions. I was trying, uh, you know, you get a Bluetooth headset that can, uh, you know, you can use it to talk on the phone, but apparently you can't use that microphone to uh, be used as a microphone. So <clears throat> I briefly considered making phone calls to myself and then using the uh, the Google Voice answering machine, but that doesn't really work. It's a far-fetched solution anyway. I looked into, oh, what was it called? Laryngophones. Laryngophones, something like that. Uh, they're a little on the expensive side, but this is the kind of thing that you see, like, SWAT team members use, or all the duty or whatever, where the microphone rat near your throat and records. And uh, that's pretty cool. Don't I'm gonna be looking into that. I'll try to get something this weekend. Um I looked at other software and found that I had exactly the same problem, the same distortion, with several different software packages. My guess is that they all work through the same audio library. So, it doesn't really matter. Well, alright, I tried a couple of them. I'll try a few more today. Um, I also tried, well, different headphones. But, uh, it seemed to be a buffering issue. So... So, it's more of a problem with, uh, uh, with the phone that it is with the microphone. Um, I also tried getting a professional microphone, because as it happens, as a podcaster, I got a couple of good microphones. But it turns out that using your little Android headset will work as a microphone on the Android headset, but it won't work as an external mic for my Zoom professional mic. So that wasn't a good solution. So, you know, what's that leave me with? Try different software. Um, in the end, I stuck with Smart Video Recorder. Played around with the settings a little bit. I set it to a slightly lower uh, audio rate, which means that it's, uh, instead of doing CD quality audio, it's trying to do a much closer to radio quality audio. 
and uh, you know that's not great for the audio quality and I apologize for that but I'm hoping that that will make it easier to buffer and in doing so guarantee that you can actually hear more of what I'm saying now like I said I'm going to be trying to work on this seriously this weekend tomorrow I'm going to be going to like Best Buy and see if I can find some real I'm thinking of like a tie clip microphone and then attach that to the jacket and then use the zoom too see if that works but uh, one way or the other I will find a way to improve this because that recording yesterday was just awful um, you didn't hear it but the last thing I said yesterday was remind me to tell you about the shoes there's a story about my shoe see a while back I was getting a new pair of shoes and we found these sketcher shoes that had a uh, an insole well it wasn't actually an insole it was built into the uh, shoe but it was rounded it was curved on the inside and uh, made it feel like your feet were rolling as you walked. It kind of rocked you backwards if you stood up straight. And, uh, and that was kind of cool. It was kind of weird. And it claimed that it was built that way to improve your health. It's going to get you to walk differently. It's going to get you to burn calories. So these are exercise shoes, but not in the, like, running kind of exercise shoes. These are shoes that passively exercise you. Let me tell you, anybody who tries to sell you on passive exercise is probably going to cheat you. Here's a good example. The thing that electrocutes your abs for strength. Just saying. A computer programmer. A long time ago, a bunch of guys chipped in to buy one of those things. They passed it around and they would sit there, because that's what we do, sit there for hours on end, letting their ab muscles retract crazily. And, uh, as, and that was their passive exercise. And as such things go, it was slightly more helpful. Uh, the electro-ab thing was slightly more helpful than these shoes. Because while the ab electrocutor didn't really do anything for these guys, at least it didn't screw up their feet. Which, after several months... Sorry, I'm getting ahead of my story. So we bought these shoes. And uh, we bought them ostensibly for the passive exercise. But I also bought them because it made me about an inch taller. And while... I don't like to think of myself as an egotistical man. At six foot, it is kind of cool to just dominate on the height thing. Now I'm six foot one. It's a little thing, but here's a fun thing. Um, so, so yeah, I had these shoes. They were black, so it worked at work. 
Uh, nobody stared at me weird or anything. And uh, I guess a few months later, started noticing that it was uncomfortable. Now here's the tricky thing. Because they were sold to me as passive exercise wear, I took this discomfort as a sign that the shoes must be working. After all, if they weren't working, then I wouldn't feel anything. But because they were hurting my feet, I could prove that they were exercising. My feet were getting strong. They were pushing through the burn. Except they weren't really. They were just getting messed up. The right side of my right foot now hurts constantly. I mean, I haven't even worn the shoes since, well, work yesterday. And uh, my feet are still hurting. Well, that one foot. Luckily, I've got a spare foot, so I'm good there. But, uh, but yeah, passive exercise, man. Not a fan. Don't let them sell you on that. There is no path of ease to health. He said as he went on a low-impact walk. <sighs> See, that's a good thing. If you're ever worried that I'm a really cynical person, you just have to realize that Brand's very cynical at a, about himself as well. So it all measures out. All comes out in the end. Anyway. <sighs> very chilly morning. I mean, I realize I'm complaining about the cold in about the first week of November. Give me a month, then it'll be really fun. You know, I hadn't thought about that. I want to make this daily walk a going concern. By the way, I can feel it in my legs now. I can feel the burn in my legs, and unlike the shoes, I believe that this is a good thing. I believe that my legs are getting stronger, getting tired, getting mad at me, ready to revolt. One day, they're just going to walk off without me. Um, that turned dark fast. Hey, I can see my breath. Note to self, gloves. Um. Let's see. So, yeah, we got the shoes. We got the burn. Got up this morning, 5 a.m. I got up and I wrote my 1,000 words. It was pretty easy the last couple of days because right now I'm in a action scene. There's two things that always spin out word count. One is an action scene. Two is dialogue. Now, the astute viewer will point out, actually, isn't that pretty much everything in a story? You've got talking or you've got action. What else is there? And I can make blatherings about 
plotting, stuff like that. But in the end, the answer to that question is description. Just getting the set pieces in place. I guess if you say that uh, everything is action or dialogue or description, chances are you got all the pieces. By the way, I suck at description. I can I can have people talk to each other, sound fairly, even have lots of fun with accents and stuff. I mean, different speech patterns. I'm good at that thing. Action, I'm all there. People jump through windows, running through crowds, shooting at each other. I'm really good at that. But I suck at description. And it's funny, because most of the people that I'm reading now, Chuck Wendig and Scalzi and stuff, they say, I don't worry about description. And I think they're talking about people at that point. I think they don't like to describe people. They don't like to describe places unless they absolutely have to. I mean, it's all well and good to say, so then our hero stepped into a space elevator and went up. But for people who have no idea what a space elevator is, and let's face it, none of us have ever seen one, in real life, it's something that's going to take some description. But even then, John Scalzi just, and I'm an old man's war here, he says, yeah, it's a space elevator, and here's what it looks like. Just compare big donut, a few hundred feet wide, and it's moved into space at a ridiculous speed. That kind of thing. But, yeah, he just draws a parallel to other things that already exist in our world, things that were common, I mean, that we are accused, uh, that we are used to, that we are acclimatized to. <sighs> anyway, so, these guys say, don't use description. And I've said in the past, I deliberately try not to do description, particularly regarding race. A long time ago, when I wrote Tumblr, it occurred to me that I never assigned a race to anybody. Not even... <coughs> not even my main character. I mean, she's called Libby Elizabeth Carter, which, alright, that sounds pretty damn Caucasian, but I never actually said that. So, I thought it was really kind of cool that after I gave the book to Cheyenne Wright and he started drawing the uh, cover for it, she had a vaguely Hispanic look to her. Um, can't really put my finger on it. It's not really skin tone. It was just something about the way that she looked, and I thought that was amazing. I thought that was all kinds of cool. Because, on the one hand, 
I made sure to point out that she wasn't, you know, uh, sorry, that was the computer woman telling me that I just walked a mile in 17 minutes. Go me. Uh, anyway, I didn't want her to be one of these uh, beautiful, staggeringly, achingly beautiful blonde, uh, built like a brick. Well, I didn't want her to be unrealistic. And so I didn't make her beautiful. Beauty was never part of Libby's background. She was always trying to get ahead through her own work. That was important. It was a very libertarian message. Um, we are saved by our works. So, so yeah, I didn't make her beautiful in the book. And Cheyenne was truthful to that. She does not look, you know, staggeringly, achingly beautiful in that spacesuit. And the spacesuit itself does nothing to flatter her figure. Which, oh my god, can you believe that people draw spacesuit nipples on Batman's armor? Anyway, um, so yeah, you know, his I couldn't put a finger on it. And I realized it's just because when he saw it, he saw it completely differently from the way I saw it. And in fact, he may not have been going for a Hispanic look. But it was clearly not what I'd pictured. And it had an ethnic quality that I had never written into the book. And I thought that was awesome. And so is to keep that possibility open in other characters. Some of them, I got no problem. Grizzled, missing, loud, vicious, cruel. When I draw, when I uh, drew him in my head, I said I want that to show up. I want people to think of him and think of Gollum. I want them to think of sallow skin, yellow eyes, and yellow teeth. I want him to appear emaciated and always on the brink of death. And so for that, yeah, you kind of have to describe him. When you're describing him, you know, you're describing sallow skin, you're kind of setting a skin tone then. So yeah, I'm cool with that one. With, uh, with Dizzy, not so much. I have never described his skin tone, as near as I can tell, although the shock of red hair would seem to indicate, I suppose, Scottish origin. Of course, that assumes that the red hair is natural. His brother had blonde hair, and his mother has very dark hair. So, 
and most of them are con men, so any of them could be out of a bottle. Anyway, I've deliberately tried not to put racial tags on my characters because I want people to do what Cheyenne did. I want them to internalize. I want them to I want them to feel that that person is like them in as many ways as possible. I want them to... Oh, I know there's a word and I can't think of it. Anyway, I want them to like the characters. I want them to see the main characters themselves or some aspect of themselves. I don't think I do a very good job of showing Dizzy as the Peter Pan character that I think of him as, as the boy who would never grow up. And to be perfectly honest, in the story arc he's dealing with now, I don't see any way that he's going to avoid growing up. The best we can do is show him as the mature child who has uh, taken over our views recently kind of person who can be serious enough to get a job done and at the same time talk about the flocking on his vintage cards just to pick an example out of the air I don't know what happened to that show do not understand it I'm uh, talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I haven't even watched this week's episode because, like many people, I'm just kind of getting bored, kind of over it. That show should be amazing. I mean, they have rights to all of those Marvel characters who made, arguably, one of the best movies in the last five years. And even if they don't show them, they could do more than just have Coulson make oblique references to Thor. They don't have to show the characters. They can say that we know about these characters, and honestly, that would connect. Connect with. That was the phrase I was looking for. Make people connect with their characters. Anyway, people would connect with Coulson. They would connect with, oh, what's her name, Sky. By the way, in case anybody's <coughs> watching, in case Mr. Joss Whedon just happens to be flipping through podcasts and hears this, yeah, nobody's fooled. We know that Sky is the uh, girl from Dollhouse, Blue Skies. Blue Skies. God, that was a cool episode. In case anyone's wondering, I'm one of those weirdos who stood by Dollhouse. I don't know if I signed the petition, but I totally agreed with them. Second season? Hell yeah. Should have gotten a third. Second season feels dangerously, powerfully messed up and rushed, and that's just because it was. 
they knew there wasn't going to be a third and they threw everything at it. Weird. Second season. Last season could have gotten more. Because I think Joss had some amazing ideas and if he was able to spin that out slowly, it wouldn't have felt so compressed, tacked on. Puppy we were passing just suddenly saw us. Jasper, meanwhile, is being a good boy. He doesn't say a word. We saw them a while ago. And he just said, like, okay, so there's another dog. So anyway. Yeah, we got blue skies. We have cardboard robot secret agent we've got oh, two of the worst scientist boffin stereotypes and we have the ancient mystic uh, hidden I swear to god it's it's racist I know but she's doing the ancient Chinese secret thing with uh, I can't remember her name Melinda May Inscrutable, I think that's the term that they use. But, but yeah, the, I think that's the problem. It's so obvious. They're so cardboard. And so you say, all right, well, it's going to be held by the plot. You know, the plot will make up for that. Except, what is the plot? The plot is we go after a bad guy. We find out it's not the bad guy we thought it was. You know what? We get him anyway. Now we got the girl with the flower dress. Granted, I haven't seen the latest episode. Maybe it got really cool, but... <sighs> girl with the flower dress is interesting, but let's face it, we were expecting her. J.J. Abrams and Joss, they've gotten us to expect that there's going to be some deeper underlying story. The centipede group. We're going to find out that they're controlling their people from within that they are treating them as puppets. Who knows, maybe we'll go the whole nine yards and turn that into a dollhouse ripoff. Either way, it's following a new formula. The new Hollywood formula. Sit and take our picture. The new Hollywood formula is long arcing storyline with surprises at specific beats, characters who live, love, and learn, and stuff like that. Always in exactly the same way. Jasper says, hello. Jasper. Oh, sit. Boy, that was an excellent picture. Thank you, Mr. Jasper. So, man, you know, I wasn't catty. I wasn't mean about anybody. And then I started dissing Joss Whedon. <sighs> Someday, I'm going to do one of these walks where I don't insult anybody. Except me. I'm okay with that. Self-deprecating, all right, that's fine. But, got to stop. 
being so negative. <sighs> anyway. Hey, everybody remember what the first season of Next Generation was like? Ooh. <sighs> I watched Encounter at Farpoint the other day. I don't know why. Data whistling and Riker making Pinocchio jokes and Q. Oh, man. Someday, ask me about John Delancey, because I got a story. But, uh, but not today, because it's in, well, making fun of him. And I don't want to do that. Speaking of John Delancey, positive thing, he was awesome in Breaking Bad. I mean, that was the first time I have ever seen him in a part where I didn't automatically hate him as an actor or as a character. He didn't overdo it. He seemed genuine. And honestly, I was glad to see it. I, I really think that John Delancey could be an amazing actor if he got more parts like that. He was also really good in The West Wing. If you're a fan of the show, he played a somewhat smarmy uh, what do they call them? Ratings pundit, something like that. And he was pretty good in that. He's very believable, evil. I think Toby Ziegler described him as the guy who goes out to buy the devil's cigarettes. Anyway, coming up on our block now. We've taken our morning picture. Sun is rising in the east, just in case you're wondering. It is still really cold. I am still lamenting my lack of gloves. Mr. Jasper, he has no problems because he has a gigantic fur coat. You should see him when he gets, uh, when he gets a bath, he's like, half his original size, I mean, half his width. He's a much smaller dog underneath all the fur, which I guess is true of many dogs. Whoa, I just took that in the direction of, I guess that's true of many people. Not fur, but... You know that old adage about everybody has the face that they show the world? I know I've talked about how I tend to put on an act when I'm talking to people. It's like Shrek's onion layers. People are much smaller on the inside. That sounds very negative. I don't mean it to be that, but... I read something recently that said you have to understand that every single person you meet is fighting for their lives. And it's true. The guy is just wandering around, going out to check his mail. As soon as he's done with that, he's worrying about the mortgage. He's worrying about the kids. He's worrying about his health. <laughs> worrying about his health, Brenton said, as he finished his two-mile walk. <sighs> yeah. 
Oh, I didn't even talk about all the cool stuff with Nathan Lowell yesterday. All right, so remind me tomorrow. I got to talk about cross promotion. I got to talk about Nathan Lowell. Uh, had a very cool moment yesterday where I got to help him a bit in plotting his next book. And that was a real ego boost. I mean, I know both real than I am. And he's going to get mad at me for calling him a real writer, but and able to help him was I'm telling you, that just makes... Anyway, so here, back at the house, and I'll see you guys later.